0: Collier. And I'm Sarah Cho. And today we are going to talk about revisions, rewriting, re-envisioning plays to turn them from first drafts
1: into second and third and fourth and tenth drafts. And kind of maybe share our own um practices like what do we do yeah I'm so curious to know what you do Sam because I feel like I don't it's it's rewriting is such a personal thing yeah you know and so I I'm know always, but it's I'm so, so it's like I think that really hurts us as especially as
0: new playwrights when I was just starting out it seemed like this esoteric mysterious thing that like no one was willing to teach us mm-hmm. and I and it was very frustrating to me because i remember thinking you know i want to learn how to revise my work you know where are the steps you know or yeah. where are the lessons to teach me how to revise and and yeah. i and i feel like we kind of had to teach ourselves through trial and
1: error i think to kind of jump off on that it might be there's a sphere like we don't want to bruise any egos Right. <laughs> you know, we don't want to hurt any feelings here. Uh, we're trying to just see how can we approach this. And, and I feel like, yeah, early on as a playwright, there was a lot of very um, coddling. For yes. Me, you know, where I was like, I was like, okay, okay, well, I know this character don't make any sense. I just contradicted here. <laughs> Do you guys have any thoughts? Like, how good doesn't look better? <laughs> I don't know. And it's just like now, nah, you know. And so after grad school, moving out to LA, I think I learned rewriting. Kind of just it feels like old fashioned. I just send it to people, friends uh-huh. I, like friends I trust, people I cared about, or, or who I really looked up to, or who I just trusted their um, feedback and or just the way they think about writing, and then. Mm-hmm and just kind of taking it all in and just kind of reading it, taking it in. And really I spend so much sitting there, like trying to understand what they're trying to say (laughs) Mm -hmm. or like, what is it that they're pointing out in my work that needs to be revised. And then I kind of just sort of tunnel vision in those moments that they kind of bring out. So you take your first draft and you look Mm -hmm. at the moments that people have
0: mentioned and you, like rework those individual moments and that's how you start revising
1: yeah well here's the thing i i feel like i used to send out my first drafts but i don't mm-hmm. i write the first draft and i kind of let it sit on like i don't look at it for a while then i'll revisit you know first like the most like practical things like any typos <laughs> or is there any yeah you know i look at this like typos or anything i didn't mean to say here something repetitive here or i just kind of look at those practical quick fixes first and then i'm kind of okay what is this play and the thing for me with playwriting with any other is i don't outline really like i playwriting is such a free form like free writing for me that i don't have an outline to Mm -hmm. look back at Mm -hmm. to sort of rework and that's probably the most helpful tool to do but i but so much of my plays is because i don't start from there i kind of start from writing real fresh you know and so yeah i so it's kind of like a lot of meditating on okay what am i really trying to say here what 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 was sarah what was past sarah's thought process here when she was feeling these feelings yeah i
0: i find that a lot of times i write an outline after I've written the second or third draft as my mm-hmm. way to see what I have already mm. and then look for um, places where the structure could be clearer. But mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I, I can't outline before I write a first draft because if I do that, it kills all the joy and then I don't want to write the first draft at all. Right. It's like because the, in the writing of the play, I, I discover – things that are way more exciting than if i tried to sit down and make a plan first. And i'm very jealous sometimes of people who can work from an outline cuz i think they have it way easier. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
1: And i think it it's different. Like each play might be different. Maybe one play you're like, "Oh, there's only, only way to approach this is outlining." Right. Or using index cards. I feel like each play is different, but when you're just kind of want to write from a place of joy and just kind of like and see what you churn from your little mind <laughs> and <then laughs> you just you just kind of let you let loose and you just kind of run free but yeah so when you, after you do that though <laughs> and you're like all right let's get down to business let's sit and ponder this play for a bit uh, I really like the way you said that going back to an outlining Maybe to, third mm-hmm. to help you, I feel like outlining is such a good way to sort of look at a kind of bird's eye view. Kind of, you know, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's instead of having to look through like hundred pages, let's just see it in a couple, three, four pages, and what what the actions are here, and what sort of what what I could digest and rewrite in. And sometimes
0: that helps me see if it's been too long since something is mentioned or since we've seen a character on stage. Mm -hmm. Like if they're on stage in scene two and then not again until scene 11, that might be too long, but I might not have realized that until I actually look at an outline. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, yeah, I think bird's eye view is a good term for it. And -hmm. then also, Mm -hmm. so I feel like I write a first draft and then same thing, I just let it sit but when I'm ready to go back to it, often I'll go through um, and and read the play from the or follow the play from the perspective of each character. Like I'll go through and do a draft that's just where I'm just focusing on one character and I'll go back mm-hmm. through focusing on a different character. Um, because I think one of the things that's so difficult and unique about playwriting is Every time something happens, you need to know what the response to that event is of every character. Mm. And so you have all these layers. And not only that, but you need to know what each character knows about how the other characters are responding. Mm-hmm. So um, there's yeah. just that
1: complexity there. Yeah. and Because um, each character will play a very specific role in that storytelling. Right. And so I'm kind of wanting to see where all that point of view collides. I love to look the first maybe eight to 10 pages of a play and the last 10 pages of a play too. Oh, that's cool. And then what do you do? To me, the first eight, 10 pages is just the pages with the most information or kind of a lot of alluding or <laughs> kind of a lot of mm-hmm. um, what's it going to impact Unpack from these those first few pages, and then the first ten pages. I kind of like to sort of see, kind of the bookends of. I just do a little compare and contrast. Do they align? Do they not align? Do they what is different? What's similar? I kind of like to just look at those two ends because so much of the middle is the journey of it <laughs> kind of. and i'm like oh it's gonna be a long i'll just take a little quick shortcut here yeah <laughs> and just kind of see the both ends
0: i also think the beginning of the play of every play teaches the audience how to um experience time mm. within the play and and i've noticed when i've seen different productions that if a play starts out like with a really slow pace in the first 10 minutes it teaches the audience to be more patient and that um, we're you know we're going to take a more kind of relaxed approach to time and things might not happen in a kind of flashy and fast-paced way um versus plays that start off really fast-paced teach us oh like things are going to be happening in this play and there's going to be a lot of you know big intrigue and Mm. And so then it becomes harder, um, I think, for audiences who have that kind of beginning to experience slower moments later in the play because they're not prepared for it. And mm. I think so that's something I've started to consider a lot more is like how what kind of pacing expectations do I want to set up for the audience? And if there is a change halfway through the play, how can I how can i um make them comfortable in that change
1: yeah and these are such good questions these questions come out from us after the practice of rewriting you know it's like Mm -hmm. we individually we kind of start developing our own process of how we what works for us you know Mm -hmm. and that makes sense um Cause, cause I feel like there are people who just like I wrote the first draft and I don't want to rewrite it. <laughs> and i will never ask <laughs> yeah. <have these> questions. <laughs> I feel like that's what I
0: I could be remembering wrong, but isn't that what Sam Shepard said about his plays? Like,
1: first draft is it? Maybe he, not. I I don't know if it's him, but I, I I've it heard it sounds like, like just, him. It sounds like him, and I've, <laughs> I I've heard like random stories of all different kinds of playwrights of like their attitudes about rewriting. (laughs) Um, What is the most common feedback or question you get about your play that you're like, Oh, that's so annoying.
0: Annoying because I don't want to fix it or annoying because I think the person didn't understand the play. No, I, I, which kind of annoying.
1: Good, good, good question. Uh, Annoying in that, uh, you know, the question that they're asking and, uh, Maybe it's maybe it's me being so internal. <laughs> but, <laughs> like it's like question that you know that they're asking, and or before you know they're gonna ask it, you're anticipating, it and then they ask yeah. it. Like, oh, well, that's annoying. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I, I can question. tell you
0: this is easy because my Achilles heel is I love to put magic in my plays, and I'm and and my favorite part is exploring like how the magic works and and how it can happen and in the plot and contribute to the story but then (laughs) i always get the question like why is this happening you know and Mm. um and it's it's always the most important question that i need to address and it's um always asked by very smart people and every time I get that question I'm like I don't know it's magic, <laughs> you know? It's, it's, magic. It's, it's magic and it's um and it's and I think the reason I keep getting asked that question is because it's like the most important thing for me to work, <laughs> work on in the play and it's mm-hmm. also I think the hardest thing for me to figure out an answer for and so um it it's I think annoying maybe is not the word for it is so much as like, I'm, I'm very grateful to people for <laughs> asking me the most important question, and also I'm like um, baffled at how to, yeah, go about answering that in in a draft. But at, yeah, I, it's funny, you know, because mm-hmm. it, because it's my Achilles heel, I guess. What
1: mm-hmm. about you? uh the common question feedback i get and it's it's um it's a good question it's like what's the rules of the world and and sketch comedy what's the game that you're playing here in the sketch you know i get those two a lot and and for me i i I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to that. I'm trying to figure that out. But (laughs) good question you're asking me here. I just kind of want to hear what you think it is. (laughs) Well, and I think that question,
0: what are the rules of the world? Mm -hmm. Maybe part of the reason that's annoying is because that's a question that you can ask for any play Mm -hmm. that's not specific to the play. And it feels kind of like a one size fits all question. Yeah. Does that make sense? oh yeah totally it's like yeah because i can go to a reading and and tune out for the entire reading and then when it comes time to give my feedback i can just say what are the rules of the world Mm. and yeah
1: yeah definitely the feedback that i've always found helpful is when the reader points out even a couple of lines you know like well, this character said he doesn't like blueberries, but he's eating a blueberry pie here without <laughs> any, you know, like pointing those kind of out. And I'm like, oh, you're like right. A, that sounds like a Samuel
0: Beckett play.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's like my, I mean, and then and it just it's just enough, right? Enough feedback to be like, oh, and then I kind of go back and I'm like, investigate just a little bit more. Mm-hmm.
0: I was just going to say, I find it very helpful when people tell me where they dropped out or got lost or started thinking about lunch. Like if they Mm. say, oh, I was right with you through this moment, but then after that you lost me, that's usually really helpful feedback because Mm. then I know exactly where to go to in the play to kind of um, clarify what's happening. I remember somebody telling us. Iowa, I think it might have been Sherry Kramer, that often audiences are really good about telling you that something isn't working, but they're not often very good at telling you why it's not working. Hmm. And so like a lot of times I think people will say, oh, I dropped out at this moment or I didn't understand this part, but they don't necessarily know how to fix it or Mm -hmm. You know, or they think it's a problem with the scene that they're in, but actually it's a problem with three scenes before. And so I think that's the job of the playwright is to figure out, okay, if my audience is saying they got really confused or really bored you know, it, in scene five, there's actually something I need to do in scene two, three, and four to make that moment in scene five work. And the audience might not be aware of that. Because the audience doesn't know what you're trying to do in the first place. You know, it's like, <laughs>
1: right, all they right. know is their
0: experience. So right. They're not in your head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They're, not, They're, not, mind readers, They're not mind readers. They're not mind readers. They're not sitting next to you by your computer and watching you write and be like, oh, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, audience, that's, and it's, that's why like also readings is important once yeah. you have a draft, you send it out to a few people, or you had it read, you've gone through a couple revisions, and just hearing it out loud is the most helpful thing to do. Even even if you can get just a group of friends mm-hmm. at the apartment and you just just read it out loud. Make them the dinner. Make them dinner. And just and hearing it out loud. Ask them to
0: read your play.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's Because yeah. It's then, like, I, I learned I'm kind of more of a – like a oral learner, like I listen, I mm-hmm. hear, I learn by listening. And so when I could listen and I'm like, I could imagine, I could hear it all, then it the problems comes way more naturally. Like I could, I could identify those problems way more.
0: Well, let me visually. ask you a question because a lot mm-hmm. of my students um, this past fall had the experience of listening to their plays out loud. Um, mm-hmm. But – you know, they didn't necessarily know what to listen for, right? And so Mm. I think it's very common for playwrights to give that advice. Like, you need to hear it out loud to see what's working. But we never tell young playwrights, like, how you should be listening or what you should listen for. Once you get past that joy of, oh my gosh, people are saying my words. Do you have any tips for like what they should be doing as they're listening to their play for the
1: first time or what they should be asking themselves? Oh, that's a good, good question. Um, so when I, I'm trying to think my most recently, I had a, a stage reading of one I want to want to play. And uh, well, was, first of mine was a comedy. Mm-hmm. And so obviously the best experiment like is for people laughing or not mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I thought that was a good joke and no one laughed I was like well now I need to go and fix that joke <laughs> or something um but I think so much when I'm listening is I, don't, I do it's like both technical and kind of not it's I'm like first listening I start noticing when actors kind of have trouble even saying those lines or something yeah. like I don't, I don't know I kind of like first listen at, for that first and I and then in that like another layer to that. I'm listening for um any anywhere where it just feels like the energy has dropped. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of just feel it. Like I when you feel like the room was like first engaged and like I cuz I even I myself I'm like, "Oh, I'm kind of bored here." <laughs> like they said <laughs> the same thing over and yeah. over again. And then you know, it's and then the the energy picks up again, and I think it's when you know going in, just a general sense the of beats of that play, like you know the beginning, middle, end, because mm-hmm. you wrote it, and you kind of have a general sense of it. And now you're seeing how it's executed, and so it's so much. It's just it's just being aware in the room. You're just like listening how the actors are responding or tackling the play. You're hearing the audience. They're responding to the play and you're sort of juggling all these things at yeah. once. And then I usually have a couple of questions like for me before going in, like, okay, I'm going to try to, in this reading, I'm going to look out for how these two character relationship gonna, does it work out or not? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. or how did these three characters tackle that one scene then this like big Energy scene, or you know, kind of like I just have those two in my toolkit, like my little back pocket Mm -hmm. that I'm looking out for because you can't, you can't fix all your problems in one reading. You just, right, right, right. (laughs) You kind of just have to be on the lookout and just be prepared what's going to come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I find that
0: actors are really good dramaturgs because Mm -hmm. in the moment that they're reading the play for you, um, they're telling you a lot about how that character is moving through the world and they don't and they're not doing it consciously because they're they're just trying to be their character right but as a playwright you can tell if you've made it clear what they're supposed to be doing or not and um and if you've made it clear what that character wants and how they feel about everybody else in the room mm-hmm. and um yeah I find if I am it's always so obvious to me if I'm listening to a draft of my play, and I haven't made a moment clear because the actors are you know often trying very hard to make it interesting, but like I can tell that they're trying to make it interesting because it's not there in the writing um, mm-hmm. or they or they don't know
1: why they're saying something that's yeah. I totally agree because when the actor when they're reading that character, they they probably know the mind of that character better than you. In yeah, that moment, like they, it's like because they're really tracking carefully from where this character is gonna start and end. Yeah, in a way that, uh, and so. I love, yeah, and after, like, hearing, I love hearing the actors, just kind of their experience. What, you know, what was going through your mind when you said that line, even, mm-hmm. you know? like, Why were you eating that blueberry pie? <laughs> yeah, why were you eating that blueberry pie? I didn't write that in, but why? <laughs> oh, because she said she liked it. She, in the beginning, she liked the blueberry. Okay, got it. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think another thing that, I really had to learn and then I watch my own students learning is how to ask good questions about their work because Mm -hmm. a lot of times when they hear a play for the first time or, you know, any piece of creative writing, and then they ask questions of their peers, they, they want to ask yes or no questions. Like, was it funny? (laughs) Mm. Did you like it? You know um, what, were there any parts that were confusing? And I, I am, constantly trying to get them away from those yes or no questions and ask more open-ended questions um but it's hard I think when you're starting out to think of good questions for feedback that will get you good feedback
1: <laughs> Do, Have we've been to those readings at the end when there's this dramaturg of playwright and they're like opening up to the audience there's a talk back yeah oh there's a talk back oh I went to one of your talk backs that was you fun. did <laughs> Yeah, That's that was right. actually really fun. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell me, like, so you had a reading. Oh, no, you had a production. Mm-hmm. In, um, At UC Davis. UC Davis. Yeah. And I And listeners, Sarah Cho
0: came to see it, which was drove, really
1: far away. I drove all the way up there to it's NorCal. So nice. From so- it nice. It was the best. I loved it. I love watching. And it was so great to see your show. It was so great. It was so inspiring, too. Like, I was like, okay, it's been so long I saw new work and just kind of seeing students perform and I was like man this is it brought a lot of joy. <laughs> oh, thanks um, Sarah. So when you were doing that talk back at the end, right? Yeah. What what was going through your mind? Like what, what were you looking out for? Well,
0: it's interesting because I think that kind of experience of a talk back from um an audience that's just seen a production is really different from a workshop setting. Mm-hmm. Um because people have reactions to plays, you know, and and I almost think that kind of talkback experience is more about the audience being able to vocalize their reactions after seeing a play and to hear what everybody else has to say. Um, more so than it is about um, like, you know, what they think should be done with the script next. Mm-hmm. Because I got a lot of useful information from them, but it, but I'm not necessarily sure that was their main goal in saying mm-hmm. how they felt about the play because they just wanted to talk about <laughs> what their experience was like. And, you know, right, right. Um, and also there was this whole creative team that had done, that had added such incredible moments to the play that they had found in rehearsal or through design and, um and and so much of what people wanted to say was about those discoveries that the actors mm-hmm. had made and um and so that was a really really positive talk back because um people I was learning, you know, just about people's emotional state in the aftermath of that mm. really really wild show which was yeah. for listeners this is a this is my play daisy violet the Bitch Beats king and there's a like an audience interactive ritual that happens at the end of it and um and so many of these audience members had gone through that and that involved eating potato chips and having um water <laughs> poured on poured on their heads <laughs> so you know it was it was. It was kind of like they had been through this thing together, and and they were sharing their experiences. Mm. Have you been Have you been to any talkbacks of your work that really stick in your mind? Um. Or just reactions no. after your comedy? Yeah, sketch comedy.
1: Yeah, it's just the during and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the immediate feedback of people laughing. Yeah. And, you know, and it, right. When, when no one laughs in comedy, it's just like, Oh, it's just yeah. like, it's the most painful thing. And I'm like, all right, well back to the drawing board here. Like I'm not going to write that kind of sketch next time. Or I'll, or maybe I'll just try to find a different way. and and, and it's sketch comedy is like when I'm in with the team and for about four weeks. So, I'm in a ho- I'm in a sketch team where we have a show. But every fourth Sunday we have a sketch show. It's a half an hour sketch show, and we have like we meet every week, once a week, writing and rehearsing for this half an hour every month. And so, uh, we don't know re- what really works. We just kind of laugh at what we think is funny during that whole time, you know. So right. I wrote a sketch and I thought it was funny, or like we all thought we were funny. We voted in and. It was like a whole collaboration and I was like in the backstage I heard my sketch and it was like maybe like two laughters and oh was, no and one of them is my fiance. <laughs> and I was just like okay like I it's not the that big hearty laugh you I was looking for it was kind of like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> very forgiving laughter so I was like that's so
0: it, painful how do you come back painful. from that you have, you have to be made of strong stuff I think
1: to do for comedy. comedy like that i think so too because <laughs> i'm just like oh i can't come back knowing that all right i have more half hour shows in the next 12 months you know like i have mm-hmm. it, this is every month so i'm just gonna keep reworking things and trying new stuff and i think we talked about like 10 uh 10 minute plays mm-hmm. how it's easier to sit through kind of we just kind of it's like you write it and forget about it kind of there's no much investment to it other than to those 10 pages. Yeah. So the sketch is like four pages. There's really no more investment than that. And so I kind of feel, that's how I feel better about myself. I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's good. Yeah. yeah.
0: You've got a thick skin, Sarah Cho.
1: <sighs> you think that, and then I randomly <laughs> cry in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> Oh, man. Um, okay, so listeners, we hope that there was something we said that might have resonated with you, and maybe you have your own tips and tidbits on how you re- write.
0: Yeah, let us know. Tell us how you revise. Mm-hmm. We're curious.
1: All right. Glisten's. Well, um, I guess. Or, what? or Or, no, I don't know. <laughs>
0: My glisten is the Sleeping Bear Dunes. I went there yesterday. It's these big sand dunes that look over Lake Michigan. Um, it's a national park. Maybe my glisten is national parks. Listeners, you should become a member of the national parks. I think it's only $40, oh. and then you can go for a year to any national park. Oh, all across the country? All across the country. Oh, really? And I just learned recently, so when Obama was president, they uh, the administration made this rule that um, fourth graders could go for free and their families could go with them. Um, and Congress recently, as I think as part of that big bipartisan environmental protection bill, recently made that a permanent rule. So any fourth grader in the country, can go to a national park for free, and their family can go with them. Just fourth graders? Yeah, just fourth graders. <laughs> Why fourth graders? I like, think they. I oh think my, they chose that the age great. because um, it's an age when kids start to really get interested in science, and they're like old enough to be able to start forming their own independent interests, but they're still young enough that they're like not jaded yet and (laughs) and cynical and they're still really open to new experiences and i think also there's some research that um that lifelong passions are usually formed by the time you're like nine or ten like the things that you love when you're nine you will love for life or something like that so
1: yeah national park Maybe I should send my play to a fourth grader and give him feedback. <laughs> <laughs> give me notes, fourth grader. What's your glisten, Sarah? Okay, um, my glisten is succulent plants. Ooh, <laughs> and I have this one plant, pothos plant. Uh-huh. I've been just trying to add more green to my apartment. I was, we got this new shelf for. Um, like our little balcony and i've just been wanting to fill it with plants and so i've been we have a uh, this is small like green uh nursery cool um, just like a couple blocks really close by and i would just kind of walk there and look at plants and like look at a succulent because <laughs> i cannot take care of a plant other than like i need a very low maintenance plant <laughs> succulents are it. perfect for you then yeah, it's it's been great. I mean, they're living and they're alive. And they're I, living I water
0: and
1: them. they're alive. Yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> like they're doing great. Uh, I water them when I remember, and it's like, and then it's been every two weeks when I remember. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should share some pictures. Of oh list. yeah. I will. Yeah. I'll share it. Um, I'll share it on Instagram or yeah. I'll keep an eye out, out yeah. for that. Listeners. Yeah. Keep an eye out for it. All right.
0: Well, we seem to have reached the end of another episode.